Amen? Amen. The power of this. We're going to do a three-part series. Now, here's a really interesting question. Who knows what discipling even is? Raise your hand if you know what the word discipling means. Don't feel bad if you don't know. I just want to get a show of hands. When I say discipling, do you know what that means? Okay. It's good to know. When we did this in the church on Sunday, about three-quarters of the church raised their hand. And the other people didn't raise their hand because they, you know, and these, I wasn't looking at the visitors. I was looking at the Christians. And what I realized is that discipling is a word that in our church, in our church culture, we don't use a lot. And it makes me think the one another passages can be lost, right? And so it's, it's my conviction that every year we need to talk about discipling because it was Jesus's plan. Amen. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what discipling is today the power of discipling, and we have our very own Lion Hands going to be sharing a little bit about how discipling has, has been helpful and a blessing in her life. Amen. So that's going to be great to hear from her. But we're going to go through these scriptures rather quickly. Don't worry, we're recording this, and I'm also going to put it on the app as well. But try to follow along, okay, guys? So the power of discipling. This is the power of discipling right here. I love this picture because... It's, it's, it's someone helping someone else up to get higher. And, and, you know, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen? Who's that about, Carl? Lead me to the rock higher than I? Jesus, that's right, Carl. He, he knows about that song. He's sung it a lot. But we're trying to, to be like Jesus. Amen? Amen? And to be like Jesus doesn't just happen naturally. Amen? Right. It happens through the Holy Spirit moving through the word of God, and through one another relationships, right? It's not something that just happens unintentionally, amen? That's why we have family groups. That's why we have times together. That's why we meet often, because every time we meet, we get more and more transformed, amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about discipleship, but also discipling. Now, this word discipling isn't an actual uh, English word. Did you know that? Every time I write discipling in my Word document, you see a red line that goes underneath it saying, you are wrong, this is not a correct word. It's a word that we use and we describe being a disciple, right? And discipleship, right? When I say discipleship, that's really imitating Christ, right? And discipling is helping one another to be like Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the goal. It's something that isn't just something that we do in the church. It's something that Jesus Christ believed in mightily. Amen? Amen. Matthew 28, we're just going to go through a bunch of scriptures about discipleship and how it applies to discipling. Amen? Amen. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what, church? Disciples. Disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So first you've got to make a disciple, amen? Yeah. Disciples are not born. You don't just come out of the womb, ah, I'm a disciple, right? You have to be made, the Bible says, through the teachings of Christ, amen? You are made into a disciple. Just because you made the decision to become a disciple doesn't mean you're going to stay a disciple. We need to teach one another. That's another a passage right here, right? Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is a passage. 
It's not one of the 59 one another passages because there's not one another here. But it's a huge passage to teach one another, right? Mm -hmm. Teach them everything I've commanded you. We're supposed to teach you. Jen's supposed to teach me. You know, Jen's taught me a lot. There's times she comes up to me and shares in a very respectful way how I can become more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. We've had talks, haven't we, Jen? You've helped me become like Christ. And hopefully I've helped you become like Christ. It's not a... I'm over you and you're over me. We're all together trying to be like Jesus. We're all looking up, amen? We're all together. We're all at the cross. We're all trying to be like Jesus. We have to do this for one another. We have to teach one another. Paul had a conviction that we are all competent to instruct each other. There's not one person that knows more about Jesus than another person. We all know Jesus, right? What does Jeremiah say? No longer will a man teach another man, for we will all know the Lord. Amen? Amen? But we still need to teach one another. It's not just, oh, I know the Lord. We need to teach one another as Jesus commanded. Amen? Amen. It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. So how do we say a disciple? By holding to the teachings of Jesus. If you're ready to, to, to be a disciple, you're ready to be baptized. And as a disciple, what do I do? I hold to the teachings of Jesus. And I know this is simple. This may be something that you already know. But it's good to remind yourself that I'm a disciple of Jesus. We use this word Christian so much. And honestly, I don't even like the word Christian. Because I don't think it... it, it, it when I hear Christian, right, it de-emphasizes what? Following Jesus. Christian is a word that Jesus never used. We know that in the discipleship study, right? It was used only three times in the New Testament... The Bible uses disciple 270 plus times in the Bible. Disciple, right, is what we want to be. We cannot be disciples just by believing. We have to hold to the teachings of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All, and we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate or um, reflect the Lord's glory, are being transferred into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is a beautiful passage, isn't it? A beautiful passage about being transformed. As we look to Christ, as we all are striving to be like Jesus, we become like Jesus. Amen? Amen. We become like Jesus as we focus on Jesus. Church, when was the last time you focused on Jesus? Focusing on who he is. Not about the rules of Christianity, but the man of Christianity. Who is the man? Jesus. How can I be like him? That's my aim. You know, church, I forget about that often. I think about what I kind of do every day. This is what we do. We share our faith. But why do we do it? Because Christ did it. Why do I forgive? Because Christ did it. Why do I love? Because Christ wants me to, right? Because I love Christ. Why am I here? Why am I even here? Because I love Christ. Because I love Jesus. Amen? But I'm being transformed. You know, I've seen so many of you guys transform and become more like Jesus. It's been encouraging. And I don't know, sometimes you don't see that in yourselves, but I see Jesus in you. There's a song that's a little cheesy. It's called, I Love You with the Love of the Lord. And as a young Christian, I used to really detest this song because it was so awkward. And I had friends that I brought with me to church. And then they would sing this song after like a party. And I'd be like, 
But you know, my, all my visitors didn't care. They just loved it because the cheese was just flowing everywhere, you know? <laughs> but it goes, love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I see in you the glory of our King. And I love you with the love of the Lord. And they sang it seven times. Those verses, seven different times. Different phrase, different emphases. And you just were like, okay, we get it. But we see in you the glory of our King. That's the best verse of the whole song right there. Love you with the love of the Lord. Jesus is living inside of each one of us. And so that's why we can be discipled by each other. Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And no one can, 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 is not able to speak up and share exactly what Christ would want. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go through this a little bit. Um, I'm just going to even just quote this passage. What is a disciple? It's someone who follows Jesus and fishes for men. Amen? Amen. I don't naturally just go out and fish for men. It's not something that's natural. It's not something that's comfortable. Can I get an amen? amen? It's not like, hey, you know what's really easy? Eat a bag of potato chips or fish for men. <laughs> oh, yeah, fish for men. It's way easier than eating a bag of potato chips. I'll tell you what, eating a bag of potato chips, I would choose naturally every time. But making a disciple and going out and fish for men, right? It takes intention. And there's no, no, you know, no coincidence that we're going out two by two to do that. We need each other to make disciples. You know, when was the last time you were like, hey, let's you and I go and make a disciple. Let's you and I go out and find someone to become a disciple. The power of just doing that. Don't you think God will bless you if you just said, hey, will you make a disciple with me? Could we do that? Could we fish for men? Could we go fishing? You know, most time, that's a pretty fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to do it when you're with someone, right? right. Amen. Um, and it says immediately, right? Immediately, or without delay, he called them and he left their father's every You know, we don't talk about this often, but being a disciple means that you don't delay in following Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can delay yeah. in following Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can go, you know... Let me think about it a little bit. I appreciate your advice, and I see it in Scripture, but I don't know if I'm ready to do it. Let me think about it. No, the Bible says, without delay, they left their father Zebedee in the boat and followed Jesus. We need to trust and obey. We need to get out of the boat and go follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. There's a couple things that we need help with. Oh, this is a big one. Whoever wants to be my disciple must. That's not if. That's not maybe. Deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is discipleship, right? We've heard the scripture before. I can't do this alone, church. I need you to help me to do that. I can't just deny myself every time. I have blind spots, amen? I don't see all the things that no one knows. I, I got blind spots. I can't see some of my sins, but you can. Oh, and you do, amen? You do see my sins, you know? And I need your help to deny myself, to take up my cross daily. You know, sometimes I need to sacrifice things. Sometimes I need to let go and let God. I need your help with that. We need each other's help with that. Amen? Amen. Um, this is a passage that we need to open a lot more with each other. 
Remember what Jesus said, deny yourself? I think it's so important. You know, I remember, this is really sad to say, and I wouldn't be married if someone didn't challenge me. My first date as a Christian, okay? Going on a date with a sister I never knew. This brother was like, I set you up with a date with a sister, would you like to do it? And I was like, no. I would not like to do it. I don't know these people, and we're going to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is like two-hour train ride. I don't feel like doing that right now. And you know what this brother did? He opened his Bible to Luke 9, 23, and said, bro, deny yourself. And I was like, ah, without delay. I got on the train and went to Brooklyn, you know? And I had the best time I had going on a date in my life. You know, these two sisters I didn't know, we had fun, we enjoyed ourselves. I got home pretty late, but it was really fun. And, and, and by denying myself, God opened a blessing for me. I got through that hump of the nervousness and the weirdness of going on a date, a Christian date. I was so scared, you know? But because of that, I went on other dates. And, and that's encouraging. I got to know many more sisters from that. And I wouldn't have the relationships I have if I didn't get to deny myself. And that taught me something foundationally that helped me with other relationships, right? Right. And that's so important is that we help each other deny ourselves. Amen? Amen. And I've been seeing you guys do that, and it's been really cool. Um, Luke 11.1. This scripture teaches that we need to be teachable as disciples. Amen? teachable as disciples, meaning we want to still learn. Are you done learning, church? No. We want to keep on learning. And I love this. They say, teach us to pray. What a great question. I'm so glad they asked that question because we got the Lord's prayer. I mean, wow. You know, I wonder if Jesus was never asked that question, would it have even been recorded? Just think, you being teachable will affect other people. You, the more you learn, the more useful you are to the master. And so keep on learning, church. Never stop learning. Amen? Amen? I love this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. The foundational major teaching of discipleship. Yep. Love one another. So many times it says love one another. This is what it's all about. If we're going to be like Jesus, we have to love like Jesus. We have to see each other like Jesus. We have to feel what Jesus feels when we look at each other. This is not easy, but I want to encourage you. We need discipling to help each other do that. Amen? Amen. Um, pretty cool. I shared this with a, with a couple campus people today. Now, Jesus will learn. Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. This scripture talks about how these people learned how to be disciple makers. How to be people that made disciples. It wasn't Jesus doing, but his disciples. Part of discipleship is learning how to be a disciple maker. Right? And so how do you do that? You learn. You learn how to do that. You learn by walking with people. Right? Um, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know what's cool, guys? There are some people today that aren't here. Did you know that? Guess what? The power of discipling is upon us, guys. We can go and have 
helpful conversations, encouraging conversations about it. Some brother said to me, I have a lot of homework today. I will not be able to make midweek. Okay? What do you do in that situation? Well, we're going to have a whole section about how to have that talk. But in short, encouraging them. Listen, midweek was great today. You got to come. Is there any way we can plan ahead so that next time you can make it? Let's listen to this together. And let's talk about it together. And get them fired up about that. Right? And if you're listening, we love you. And, and we can't wait for you to come in the next midweek. But again, this room will, this, this room will be filled not by just hoping it happens, but by discipling. It's interesting how discipling can change our group in a great way. Yeah. Um, Jesus said we'll do even greater things than he even did. The heart of a disciple is not so much to just do what he did, but to live like Jesus lived. You know, everything Jesus did, you could do, you can heal. You can resurrect. You can help people see. You can help people who are paralyzed raise. Do you know that? What's more powerful, a spiritual resurrection or a physical resurrection? That's a challenging question, isn't it? I think a spiritual resurrection. Because what, guess what happened to Lazarus? He still died, didn't he? But without the spiritual resurrection, the resurrection of baptism, there can be no, no true eternal life. So there's a lot here about passages, okay? About passages on this. And this is the shortest point of it all. This was the master's plan to evangelize the whole world. Jesus didn't just go to the crowds. The crowds didn't evangelize the world, guys. Who evangelized the world? His disciples. Specifically, his 12 disciples evangelized the world. Jesus didn't travel 100 miles out of his hometown, didn't, never wrote a book, never had a worldwide conquest kind of ministry, you know, sort of evangelism, conquest across the known world. He didn't get with kings and say, okay, kings, let me teach you about me and let me teach you about the gospel. He picked 12 ordinary guys and he put all his money on them. He invested in a few. So sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not growing. You ever feel that way? You need to go to someone and say, will you train me? Will you disciple me? Will you, will, will we sharpen each Let's sharpen each other. You know, it's going to be great. I'm getting with Lenny and, and, and Bob tonight. We're getting together, and we are going to do some sharpening, okay? I'm getting the coffee ready, and we're going to sharpen each other, okay? And, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be, you know, and, and it's going to be so encouraging to sit down and sharpen each other as men. We got to do that with each other, amen? amen. We got to sharpen each other. Jesus evangelized the whole world in three years by just pouring himself into the disciples. The power of just helping one other disciple become more like Jesus evangelizes the world. Amen? Amen. You know, um, most of us learn by on-the-job training, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, I, you can tell me, okay, this is the manual, this is how you change a tire. But when I'm out there changing the tire, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. That's when you actually learn. And so as disciples, we have to do it together. We need to go, how do you, well, how do, you do that? You know, hey, let me, help me come into this talk with me. We're going to talk with someone so and just encourage them. 
Or maybe someone just lost a family member and you're friends with them. Let's go and talk about how we can help someone with grief. That's amazing stuff, you know. Seek to continue to learn. You know, the whole world was evangelized by that amazing thing. You know, just write down these passages. We're going to talk about them more. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Um, and we'll talk about this. How did Jesus do it? He called them. What does that mean? Hey, Iggy, will you, let's, you and I make a disciple. Let's you and I sharpen each other. I know we got a bunch of family group leaders here. And a, lot, a bunch of family, you know, we're in a family group together. But how about you and I? We make some noise, you know? And that's the kind of, you know, this is how brothers talk. But, I mean, you know, sisters can talk to, hey, could we get some coffee? I don't know what you guys say. You know, <laughs> you know let's just talk a little bit about, about really, you know, uh, helping the, the church out. I don't know how you guys talk. But, you know, that's how we talk. Let's make some noise. Let's do some things. Let's, let's, let's rattle some cages, you know? Let's go after some things. Let's sharpen each other. What do you see? Let's do good point, bad point right now. You know, what do you see in me that's good? What do you see in me that I need to grow in? Let's go. I want to learn. I'm not going to take offense of it. I know you love me, right? Building that relationship so we can talk to each other like that. I know we have some people that just moved in. Let's get after it. Let's, let's get into each other's lives. Let's be vulnerable. Let's go after it together so that we can grow. Amen? To be more like Jesus. Second thing is being with them. I know that's kind of a simple thing. You can't disciple unless you're with each other, right? The master's plan was he was with them, right? Sending them out to preach and do practical assignments. Now, this is something that's interesting. He sent them out to preach and was like, good luck with that. I'm giving you no money. Don't even bring a purse. The people you reach out to, if you're good at it, you'll get some food. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, it's basically how, you know, if they're open and they're worthy... It'll work out for you, you know. And, and at first, you gotta admit they probably went a little hungry, you know. Cause I know what I, I was like when I first shared my faith, going out there, you know. I was like, "Hey, are you are you into God?" You know, and that's basically, you know. And they're like, "Yeah." Well, I go to church. You wanna go? You know, and and, and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." That was the worst sharing of my faith ever, but it still worked out because God was with us, right? But he sent them out to do some crazy things. How about sending each other out? How about going after, hey, bro, what if you go and, you know, you got this gift of singing. Why don't you go talk to the worship team, you know? Hey, bro, you've not served in kids' kingdom ever in the church. Why don't you serve? Oh, that's not my thing. I don't like kids. <laughs> well, didn't Jesus say, let the little children come to me? Yeah. How about you do this exercise to become more like Jesus? Oh. You can't argue that one. Let the little children come to me, right? Where would Jesus be? With the kids. He'd be serving the kids' kingdom. How come you're not? You know? Again, guys, we need to help each other. We can't pull any punches. You have to say, you know what? Everything's open. You know, you can talk about anything with me. My clothes, the way I style my hair. Everything's up for grabs. Guys, church, any, anything's up for me. You want to talk to me about anything, please do it. Please do it. I want to be approachable to you. I want you to feel welcomed to come up to me. And I promise, even if it's hard, I'll take a gulp 
And I'll say, humble yourself in the Lord. You know, and I will humble myself because I know God's going to do something great. When it's hard, that means it's really relevant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, at this time, I'm going to have our dear sister Lai finish up and just share about what discipling means for her and what it means for her um, in her life. And so I give you Lai. I just really briefly. Okay, that's different than what we talked about. Okay, um, so I I want to talk about the power of discipling in my life, and yeah, I'm gonna stay up here. You sit right there. Um, when when I think about discipling, um, the first thing I just think about is gratitude. Uh, mm. I've been a disciple for 20 years now, and the number of people that have helped me to stay faithful, um, I just feel so grateful for. Mm. And I became a a Christian when I was 13, and so many people, um, mentors and disciplers and older friends, whatever you call them, helped me keep my head above water during high school, which was really hard to do. Um, And I'm so grateful for those people. And then... When I got to college, I, um, I had dreamed of being someone who had impact. I had really wanted to help people become Christians and be a part of Miraculous Stories, and I had no idea how to do that. I just moved uh, like a thousand miles, and I was in a completely new culture, mm. and college is very different than high school, and I needed a lot of help. And um, I realized pretty early on, like I, if I wanted to see my dreams come true, I was gonna need to ask for help. and so. I remember getting help about everything in college. Um, specifically, I was remembering I, I would get help about my schedule and time management. And mm. I, I'm, I'm a planner, if you know me. I love my schedule. But I used to get a lot of help with how do I, how do I plan my time? I've got class, homework. Um, I was on the newspaper. I had you know, campus ministry, responsibilities, sleep, exercise. Like, when do I do all of this stuff? And I remember just you know writing it out with my weekly schedule and having someone look at it and just help me like what could I do differently here when when you know when could I sleep or when could I do homework or when is this enough sleep you know and um and it seems silly now but that I was 18 19 20 that was invaluable to give me skills now of being I'd say a pretty good planner and being able to um know how to manage my time and my my priorities and that's something I'm so so grateful for doing when I was younger um I realized in college that uh, I think one of my biggest convictions about this is. Can you go? You want to stay with me? Okay, guys, we're gonna do it Charlie style here. (laughs) 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 I think one of my biggest convictions about discipling is that God blesses me when I ask for help, Mm. and something about that um, that process He blesses, and it's not. it's not a formula, it's not, okay, um, it's not a formula, it's not um, a script, it's not that the person I'm asking is Jesus, you know, Jesus mm. is the only one who gives us the right answers. It's getting a little carried away here. Um, um, but God blesses the, the process of asking for help. Amen. And um, I think sometimes he blesses, like, the actual advice that's given is like exactly what I needed to hear and is really, really helpful. Sometimes he just blesses like 
I get closer to the person I'm asking. You know, yeah. by asking for help, I'm pouring it out and being vulnerable, and we we get closer. Um, and sometimes it's just some other miraculous byproduct of humility yeah. that he's like, maybe the advice was bad, maybe your heart is bad, but I'm just gonna bless you anyways because you're you're trying to be humble. Amen. First um, Peter five five it says God opposes the proud but shows grace to the humble mm. or shows favor to the humble. It, um, and that's how I felt by seeking discipling, seeking input yeah. in my life is that God blesses it. And honestly. Humility is not one of my like predominant character traits. I wish that it was, but that's not one of like the top five things I have going for me. And I feel like when it comes to asking for advice, I can plan on being hum- humble. I can like intentionally try <laughs> to be humble, and maybe that will make up for all the other times that I'm unintentionally not humble and defensive and proud. Like if here's an area I can really just like purposefully try to be humble, and it maybe it will balance out. Um, and that's that's my my approach to it. So I, I ask about everything, and you know now I'm 33. I ask about my marriage, my kids. Um, I got advice about when when to have kids, how far apart to have them. Like it's not anyone's decision but mine. But I wanted to know, like what what do you think? What do you think about this? Buying a house, buying a car, um, people I'm reaching out to, or tough situations I'm in. I I get advice about everything, and. Yeah, I just figure like the worst that can happen is I get bad advice and I don't have to take it. You know, no one, I'm yeah. grateful, no one in the church is saying like, you have to do what I, what I tell you to do. If I ask and someone says something I don't agree with, I can just say, okay, thanks, you know, and, and move on. And that's the worst that can happen. So yeah. I, I feel like, okay, I'll just, I'll just go for it and try. And, um, you know, the last few years that I've been here, I've been able to be discipled by Danielle and... As you guys know, like Danielle's amazing. She's not here, so I can I can more freely uh, talk about how amazing she is. But she's tough and smart and faithful and humble and kind and all these things that I want to be. And I've seen her go through some serious curveballs in life, um, as many of you have. And the way that she's handled them with like the depth of her faith is just incredible. And I've, I've seen her go through them and been like, I. Life's going to give me curveballs. I don't know when, but I want to handle it like that. And so I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. You know, before, before that trial comes, I want to mm. learn as much as I can. Amen. So I ask her about everything and anything. And um, sometimes I think I know what the right thing is to do, but I just ask anyways. And as I was thinking about this, I remembered when I was in campus ministry here, um, I was working full time. And... So a lot of times I wanted to get advice from her, but our schedules were crazy. And I'd work like, you know, 7 to 3 and have a Bible study at 3.30. And there was no time to talk to Danielle. So I would send her, I remember being up at like 5 a.m. and sending her these emails. Here, I can take that. Guys, this is real life. This is real life. Real life right here. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Rocky. 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 So, anyways, I yeah, I remember being up at like five a.m. before I had to go in for epic emails asking for advice. I can I can call her most of the time to get through, but um, that really built such a good foundation in our relationship. Mm. Like, for just vulnerability and depth, and it just laid a good foundation. And so now, yeah, it's not that complicated, but I, that. Um, yeah, that foundation is there, and that that depth and closeness is there, and I think that's really 
helped me. I feel like I have so much more I want to learn from her, but um, I have learned a lot, and I think through Jesus' plan of discipling, like, I can pass that on to other people who will then pass it on to other people, and if we can all have more of Jesus through Danielle, through me, through others, like, that's that's what he's talking about, um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful for the power of it in my life, and um, and all of you that have also helped me, not I could go on and on about all of you, but um, anyways, that's it. Thank you. Woo! That was great, guys. I love this quote. Perhaps the transformation of disciples of Jesus is the greatest evidence of all for the resurrection. I really like that quote. Certainly the disciples that were back then, how they transformed, but also our transformation. You know, I've seen you guys change so much and grow so much, and I'm so excited about that. And I think discipling is a huge part of it. I want you to just write down these scriptures. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Imitation is a part of discipling. We know this. But let me figure out what's, what, what's, like, you know, G, what's Jesus like you know, in Charlie? What, yeah. what is Charlie like in Jesus? I want to grow in that. You know, Iggy. You know, the, the joy and the smile and all those things. You know, Charlie, the wisdom, the, the, the deep passion he feels, the, the passion for people, the love for people, you know, the ability to, you know, really just, you know, I see him at the service with the people that, you know, are, are a little troubled in service, surrounded by him. You know, and he's in there talking to them about their life. And I hear him sharing as I walk by about his life, sharing about his, his, his story, you know. That was beautiful on Sunday. That was beautiful. Jesus, that's what Jesus would do. I need to be more like that, right? Follow each other's example, right? It's going to be great to do that. We can all be like Jesus. If we took everyone's example and put us all together, <laughs> Jesus, right? It's awesome. First Peter, this is what um, I quoted. God opposed the proud gives grace to the humble. Submit to one another. I love this. This is in the same way you are younger. Submit to yourselves to the elders. All of you. <laughs> close yourselves. Humility. It's not just older people teaching the younger. Everyone's got to clothe themselves with humility. What's it like to put humility on as clothes? You know, most of my clothes cover most of my body. Amen. And so... <laughs> Basically, I want to clothe myself with humility. That means that I am fully clothed in that robe of humility. Um, and I like what I said. I'm not natural that way, but I can prepare to be humble. You know? That's why I love that song. You know, the song's great, but sometimes I'll just sing it to myself. You know, sometimes someone's giving me it on the phone, and I'm like, I just put it on mute. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And then I put it back. You know what I mean? It helps me to do that. Because I need to. It doesn't say naturally be humble. Right? It says humble yourselves. Right? Humble yourselves. You know, because God, you know, uh, opposed the problem. but shows faith is humble. Confessing your sins to each other. This is a part of discipling. You know, when was the last time you said, let me be open with you? You know, that's something that we need to do. You know, sin wounds us. Sin doesn't cause us to be separated from God anymore. Isn't that amazing? Come on, let's give it up for that. God's getting fired up. But one power that sin does have is to wound our hearts. 
And so how do we stay clean? By being open. You know, if there's things on your heart, guys, there's no judgment here. You know, for who, who, whoever has, you know, sin and not sin, throw the first stone, right? We're all here. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're all caught in sin sometimes. Not so much that it's right in front of us, but we all know that we need each other. Even First John says, if you claim you have not sinned, you are a liar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you make him out. You know, he, he, no sacrifice for sins is left. He says, basically, you are, uh, I, didn't, I didn't quote that right. First John says that you need to confess one, to your sins to one another if you claim you're without sin, right? You're, you're just lying. You know, you're not true. You, so if I don't confess my sin, it kind of means I don't, I'm kind of claiming that I don't have sin. And I know that's kind of a harsh way to say it. But we need to... When was the last time you got open? When was the last time you talked about something? Surely, we all sin. Amen? But it's, 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 we're meant to pray for each other and encourage each other. Amen? That's transformative. You know what? I don't know about you. I transform the most when I'm confessing my sin. I don't know. It's just the Holy Spirit's working. I'm vulnerable. Like, I'm showing you my, my vulnerability, and then I'm getting help with that vulnerability. And, and like a bomb, man, you know, the bomb of Gilead, it heals me, it heals me of that wound. And I am stronger because of it. Amen? Amen. You know, um, getting advice is a huge part of discipleship. Yeah. And there's something that I've learned. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. That scripture is the one of the most sobering scriptures in all the world. I mean, you literally can be like, I'm going the right way and fall off a cliff. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, you, you can be so sure of yourself. And I've seen disciples like that. They're just like, oh, this is from God. This is totally from God. Did you get any advice? No, but God told me. But look, whoo. You know what I mean? They're on the cliff. That, that can happen to us. That's why we need to get open. That's why we need to be real. That's also why we need to get advice, yeah. right? Amen. Scripture says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Amen. I want to challenge you. And this, is, this is super. How do we build discipling in the culture of the church? What a question that is. Where everyone's like, good point, bad point, let's go. You know, where everyone's like, let's, let's talk about, you know, real stuff in church. And this is a real church. You're here because you want to be real. Amen? Amen. If you wanted to be just kind of shallow, yeah. yeah, you could be shallow somewhere else. We're being real. We're trying to be real, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things I want to encourage us about is having five people in the church that you can be totally real with. And that you feel like, listen, you can say anything you want to me. Many advisors. When I think about five people I can get advice from, that's an encouraging thing to have, right? Because not everyone there is going to be on their A game. Amen? My five friends are never all together on their A game. Most of the time, one person needs help. Four people are there. Or maybe three people need help and two people are there. We're helping each other. Amen? Last but not least, I love this scripture. I don't know if the sisters like this, but I love this scripture. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know... That excites me, that we can, we're, we're, we're sharpening each other. That's what discipling is, amen? amen. So, <clears throat> I hope that you're ready to tap into the power of discipling. I hope that you're 
you know, are, are you, you know, ready to give yourself to this? But what I wanted you to do is between now and um, next midweek, we're going to be talking about next midweek, next month, we're going to be talking about getting discipled, being the easiest disciple to be discipled. And then we're going to talk about just humility. We're going to talk about how to invite discipling. We're going to talk about getting advice. We're going to be talking about transformation, right? But in the meantime, on the app, there's one another passages, and I'd like you to go through them. I went through them, and I was like, wow. Wow. The body life in the New Testament, one another, one another, one another. So on the app, in the sermon notes, is one another, scriptures, and you can look at them. It's going to be awesome to look through them. But it's time to be transformed. Amen? Amen. It's time to tap into the power of discipling and your soul in the world depends upon it. You know, you, do you ever think about the fact that you being discipled helps your future kids? You being discipled helps your family. You being discipled doesn't just help you be like Jesus. Because what did Jesus do in this, in this life? He helped so many people. The more we're like Jesus, not the louder we are or the more dynamic we are, the more we're like Jesus. Yeah. The more you're like Jesus, the more the world is blessed. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage us. Let's all strive to be like Jesus. Let's think to ourselves, how can I be like more like Jesus? Mm -hmm. Brothers, when we get to my house, we're doing good point, bad point. We're going to talk about that. Or improvement, you know, strength. Strength, weakness, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. we're, going to call, we're going to help each other with that. Because I want to see what you see in me. I want you to encourage me. And of course, we're going to talk about how to do that in the third one. How to disciple each other, right? There's ways. Sometimes I've been clotheslined in the fellowship. Amen? <laughs> with people that just come in and... You know, WWF style, disciple me. You know what I mean? And then I've been discipled in such a way where I come out feeling more encouraged, even though I was seriously corrected. That was a masterful job, what the person did. I remember kind of sitting back as this person's correcting me, and I'm like, wow. They're good at discipling. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, I'm getting wrecked. But they're really good at discipling. And, you know, I, I just, I'll share more funny stories about being discipled next midweek. It's going to be fun. But um, let's say a prayer, and then we'll have a great fellowship. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that the spirit of Jesus is living in us, God. Amen. Lord, um, what a cool thing that we're, we, have, we have you in us. And that's just incredible. And Lord, I just, I just want to live up to that reality, Lord. And I know, God, that I need my brothers and sisters. I'm so grateful for everyone in this room, for their hearts and for their desires to be like Jesus. We pray that in our church, we would train each other. We would disciple each other. We would sharpen each other with great love. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this time to be with the church. And I pray that we can have a culture where we just are trying to be like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome, guys. Thank you very much.